however you get your podcasts. You can get this podcast that way as well. That's stupid. Because obviously you're already listening to the podcast. Who wrote that? <laughs> the yearbook sportscast. No, I think somebody's here. Did somebody come in? That's bad. This is not a setup for a guest. We don't have guests, unlike that Disney podcast you listen to. The, the guy who's in our church, he gets guests. He's got a full-time job, and he gets guests on his podcast. How many people do you know that go to Disney that you can keep interviewing or lead uh, tours that you can keep interviewing? Well, it's, uh, it's his problem. But uh, he, has, he has actual guests, and his podcast is wildly popular in church. Our podcast, at best, at best, if someone else has a podcast, this whole theory is sunk. Our podcast at best is second best in our own house of worship. So that national or regional domination thing isn't really working out. No, if someone is here right now, that's bad. And seriously, it's not a setup. Like Joe Sensor isn't going to walk in and say, hey, Doug, I'm Joe Sensor of the Vikings. Let's talk about football. Well, if we die doing this podcast, then I think everybody in this podcast can agree. Yeah, that's about right. Women's soccer player Carly Lloyd, you may have seen the World Cup soccer hero. She kicked a 55-yard field goal, nailed a 55-yard field goal at an NFL practice. And in connection with that kick, her spot on the U.S. Women's World Cup soccer team was mentioned, as in U.S. World Cup soccer player Carly Lloyd uh, kicks a field goal. Not mentioned was her roster spot on Sky Blue FC, the pro team where Carly Lloyd can't shower after her games. The National Women's Soccer League, NWSL's team back east in New Jersey, New York, plays in a home stadium with no showers. With the season ending soon, Sky Blue is second to last in the league with just four wins, 12 losses, and four ties. However many wins Sky Blue winds up with, it'll be amazing. A Sky Blue game day includes cheap parking, just five bucks, friendly people, and youth soccer players throwing a football. But it also includes not a single seat in the shade, seats only on one side of the field, and seats only on one side of the field in one place in a 5,000-seat bleacher. Uh, We honestly can't remember. It was somebody else's turn to take notes, right? Um, We can't remember if there's a giant video board. They don't make these anymore, but, uh, you know, like a Jumbotron to see replays. I don't think there is a video board for replays or anything like that, but if there is and we missed it, uh, we sincerely uh, apologize. We do know that we have not personally witnessed the locker rooms there, but there are reports that the home changing area at Sky Blues Field is cramped and not air-conditioned. That's bad news for a team that plays all summer. Supposedly, visiting teams playing Sky Blue go back to their hotels for a shower, which is bad enough, while the home team just doesn't shower and drives home. An actual home field disadvantage. Compare that to in the NWSL where Portland plays. Just this week, LSU football complained that the air conditioning, they claimed, the air conditioning was off in their locker room at Texas. But that's a common complaint in visiting locker rooms, not in the home teams. Sky Blue also fired its coach, which may have been the right move, but that was late June. The team finally officially named an interim head coach just a few days ago. And these are just the things still going on this year. Reports from last season had Sky Blue players dealing with bad living conditions and a practice facility with no running water. 
Those problems have reportedly been addressed, but unsurprisingly, this led to the team's two top draft picks this year, the hope for the future, going overseas. Picture the two birds flying out the window to play rather than face life with Sky Blue. The unprofessional conditions at Sky Blue have made some news because the team's owner is the governor of New Jersey. That's true. Not as well publicized as the fact that a team reportedly with no showers and crummy changing conditions is also owned by the CEO of, you want to guess? Bed, Bath, and Beyond. This is not the best place to tell you, says in the yearbook at Hotmail.com to comment. I'm your host, Doug. Draft picks refuse to report or they just leave in every other sport too, not just in women's soccer. Although as far as weather goes, draft choices reject going to Canada or um, Buffalo or Green Bay. But no one seems to complain about heat like in Phoenix or in Dallas. No, and nobody says, I'm, I ain't going to Dallas and playing outdoors in that heat. That heat's brutal. I can't play in Miami all summer with that humidity. Nobody says that. It's always just the cold. But this isn't about complaining about standard operating procedure. This is not about the locker room lacking an in-house stylist. It's not about luxury skyboxes, and it's not about women's soccer should instantly play all home games in NFL-sized super stadiums. Nobody thinks that. This is just about being unprofessional. Would you stay in a company with no air conditioning and or no bathrooms? And how dangerous is it for anyone to dress in the heat and then play in the heat? Ownership and or the front office created unsanitary conditions at work and at home and then asked the players to perform. Uh, an example, just last season, one ex-Sky Blue player returned with her new team, Chicago. That'd be uh, Sam Kerr. Sam Kerr returned to play Sky Blue with Chicago. And she had a great game that day. And she said there were times during the match that she felt like crying. This is for the opposition. She felt like crying because she felt so badly for the current Sky Blue players and added the players deserve better. Again, she's talking about her former teammates, but it's also the opponent that she just vanquished. Kerr says she wished she could take all of the, the current Sky Blue players with her. It's unbelievable that this happened in the first place, the whole situation, and that some of it is still happening in the first place, and that ownership and then the league didn't do something about this right away. If you don't care about women's pro soccer, a lot of people cared about the USA Women's World Cup team. Actual USA Women's World Cup players play in these circumstances. What if someone got sick or got hurt? And do not conflate this with pro athletes are so pampered or Rocky trained in a shed in the cold and that made him tougher and he beat that Soviet guy with all the gadgets and technology. That's a movie. It doesn't work that way. Players can't rehab or recover in facilities average gym goers wouldn't use. The NWSL is a pro league and Sky Blue FC is a pro team. Pro, as is often forgotten, is short for professional. Attendance is low, yes, but Sky Blue benefits from calling itself professional. How many fans would show up if the team called itself Sandlot or Amateur, or if the media called them a beer league or semi-pro team. But it's professional right now in name only, and a situation's been created where it's nearly impossible to get any better, and it's even more impossible to get any better when impact rookies are defecting rather than playing there. And depending on your opinion, those may not even be the biggest problems. It tells you how low profile women's pro soccer is in this country that a team living in subpar conditions that's co-owned by the Bed Bath & Beyond CEO has not generated an ocean of mainstream memes. Although being co-owned by a governor has turned Sky Blue into a political issue in some places, you would think JetBlue would be one of the owners here, but no. 
There is a new general manager, and the new Sky Blue general manager seems to be highly regarded. She's, among so many other things, she's been actively looking for a new stadium for next season. Uh, The bad news is if Carly Lloyd is serious about trying out for an NFL team as a kicker and she makes the cut, Sky Blue will have a new home in 2020, and Carly Lloyd will have a new home in 2020, and it is not with Sky Blue or in the NWSL. This week on Bunch Concepts. How about Bunch Concepts for the name of a podcast? Football fans, help us out here. Anybody? This week on Bunch Concepts. All right. We liked it. There's a lot of talk about big-time college football teams playing only fellow big-time teams, meaning they would schedule only other schools from other big leagues, meaning Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, just for example, would drop Tulsa and replace them with Pac-12 Arizona State. The intentions are good. Create big-time matchups every single week and create a real playoff resume that doesn't include any inferior competition. The thing I would miss is Tulsa and all of their fellow so-called mid-major schools. God, we hate that term, mid-major. Despite what you've heard, all Division I-A schools in the smaller leagues are big-time. They all have big facilities. They all have big stadiums. They all have a huge number of scholarships. They all have good players, just in most cases not as many. Yet they would be a Division I subclass. Group of five teams, as they're called, are already pretty much ignored and laughed out of the playoff race. And now they'd be unable to find any glamour schools willing to play them. Small schools have fans too. And playing Alabama, as New Mexico State did, was exciting. And Nick Saban Saban almost complimented New Mexico State. Asked about Alabama scheduling better competition, better competition, Saban said, quote, we can only play the people who are willing to play us, end quote. Wow. Nick Saban said New Mexico State, courageous, while others avoid Saban and mighty Alabama, the Aggies are not afraid. But then Saban said in so many words, in a perfect world, yes, he would like to play better teams. I don't know. And college football media hasn't quite gotten on board with how the playoff works. In college basketball, just keep it close. If you're getting a good stomping from somebody good, just try to make it a little close, and your 10-point loss to an awesome team, voila, looks good in bracketology when that rolls around. No one is telling football schools to, for Pete's sake, whatever you do, just keep it close. Obviously, in the aforementioned game, Texas wanted to beat LSU last Saturday, but absent that... When the Longhorns drove down and cut the lead to seven late, that made the LSU loss a good loss come playoff time. But that went unmentioned. Uh, 